0: Martin, I'm the man, whoa, Martin, I'm the man, oh yeah, it's all there, Martin, I'm the man, Martin, Welcome to Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with sub Media Reviews what's up home slices thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of sub media reviews i'm kiara and i am thrilled to review the 1992 to 1997 television series martin featuring martin lawrence tisha campbell and sashina arnold some of my earliest memories are of me watching the show with my family so i am ready to dive in but before we do here are a few fun facts about the show thomas michael ford Rest in peace. Who plays Tommy Strawn was the only cast member to appear physically in every episode of the series during all five seasons for 132 episodes. Martin makes mention of the girl from School Days by Spike Lee being fine. Tisha Campbell Martin played this character in the film. Additionally, in the episode where Kid and Play cameo, Shanene asked Kid if he would kiss her like he kissed the light-skinned girl in his movie house party. Tisha. Tisha Campbell also played that character. So Tisha Campbell and Tashina Arnold previously worked together on the 1986 Little Shop of Horrors movie as two of the three Greek chorus girls. That was another movie that my mother owned. And that me and my sister watched and learned all the songs from Little Shop, Little Shop. I'd have to do a review on that with my sister. We freaking love that movie, okay? So if you want to check out Martin, you can watch the whole series on HBO Max as of the recording of this episode. My personal connection to Martin really is about watching it with my family, right? Being super young in my formative years, I was between the ages of two and seven when this came out. So I was very young, okay? And of course it went in syndication. So around the time it was popular, I was just growing up in the world. I feel like this show really is one that depends at black people in a way that felt real, but also exaggerated at the same time. And when I say exaggerated, I mostly mean the characters that Martin played himself. These being these like super exaggerated versions of like his mother or Shanene, or even his own character, like being a super crass, like person who always jokes all the time being kind of over the top or whatever, like But also the type of friendship, like the co-ed friendship that he had with all of his friends and like the little hijinks they got themselves into, it felt very real and relatable to me. However toxic, there was also a depiction of Black love. So that was really sweet. And to be honest, just like the raw hilarity, okay? Like the show is freaking hilarious. Martin is a comedic genius and this was his heyday. And the show is just super funny and super ridiculous even today. So my personal connection to this show really is about seeing myself in the characters, seeing my community in these characters and spending time with my family, enjoying the show. So I'm really excited to dive into Martin. So I'm gonna do a quick overview of the show and the main characters, and then we're gonna do a deep dive into some of the most iconic and my favorite episodes. In Martin, the main character is Martin Payne played by Martin Lawrence, who's a radio DJ from Detroit, Michigan, whose bad attitude and crass sense of humor gets him and his loyal friends into loads of crazy situations. In this series, we have a number of regulars who are on the show, as well as a few characters that Martin plays himself. So we have Gina Waters, who's played by Tisha Campbell. She's Martin's long suffering and sometimes goofy girlfriend and later becomes his wife in the series we have tommy strawn who's played by thomas michael ford martin's tall and jobless best friend we have pamela james played by tashina arnold who is gina's best friend and martin's nemesis we have cole brown who's played by carl anthony payne ii he's martin's stupid best friend who still lives with his mama And we have Martin Lawrence playing a total of 10 characters. He, of course, is playing Martin Payne. He plays Shanene, who is his hood round-the-way girl neighbor. We have Edna Mama Payne, who plays his mother, and his mom really does not like Gina. We have old Otis, who is an ornery pot-bellied security guard. We have Jerome, who's a yuck mouthed playboy who has no game. <laughs> There's Roscoe, a snot-nosed kid who's turning into like a little hustler, and he's a little pervert as well. We also have Dragonfly Jones, who's an old toothless supposed martial arts master. We have Bob, who's like a caricature of a white man. We have Elroy Preston, who's a washed. A mechanic who once had a career back in the 60s as the godfather of black surf music and we have king beef who is a 1970s black exploitation character who loves to dance so martin was doing his eddie murphy thing just playing a lot of characters a lot of makeup and costumes and some of these characters we really came to love of course and then there are a few other regulars that pop up on the show every now and again. We have Miss Jerry, who was another one of <laughs> his nemesis. <laughs> we have Bruh Man. We have Hustle Man. We have Stan, who was Martin's boss. We also have Sean, who was like the radio engineer at the radio station. Y'all look Sean. So the guy who plays Sean is named John. Gries right? And this is the first place that I saw him ever was here. I'm sure he probably had an acting career before that. But later on, he's gone on to actually have like a really nice career. My favorite role that he has ever played is Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite. Anybody who really knows me knows that Napoleon Dynamite is one of my favorite movies. And finding out that he played Uncle Rico, I was freaking out. I was like, no freaking way. And most recently, he has been featured as an actor in the HBO show that everybody really likes but I don't really care for called is it White Lotus is it Lo- Hotel White Lotus I believe it's called White Lotus I didn't really like that show I watched the first season and I was like mm-mm, 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 nope nope not for me <laughs> but he has gone on to have like a nice career I just wanted to point that out That man was Uncle Rico, okay? I freaking love Napoleon Dynamite. I just can't, okay, moving on. So when it comes to my favorite characters, I think Gina was probably my number one favorite character in the show because I saw myself in her a little bit. Like she was a career woman and she always came across as like having the most sense in the show. She always kind of reminded everybody, including Martin, to have a conscience and like be kind and have some compassion. And she was also kind of goofy. I feel like she's, the person I related to the most in the show and she was very career focused which also vibes with who I am today I think Pam probably was my next favorite character I really liked her and I thought she was like very beautiful even though Martin always tried to play her out like she wasn't like Pam is such a beautiful woman like are you freaking kidding me And I think my final favorite character was Shanene. I found her to be very annoying, but she was also very hilarious. Shanene was the best. So the main theme of the show is that Martin's a dish jockey and his crass sense of humor and his selfish nature get him and his friends into some hilarious hijinks. That's basically what the show is about. We see the show evolve quite a bit. We see him get married. We see him go through a career change where he stops being a radio DJ and becomes a talk show host. So we get to see him grow. So that's enough exposition. Okay, y'all. It's time for us to dive in. Let's get into the first episode. So first up is my absolute favorite episode or pair of episodes. We're talking about season two, episodes 11 and 12, entitled Hollywood Swingin', parts one and two. In these episodes, Martin comes face to face with superstar Varnell Hill, played by Tommy Davidson, who's made it big. And it really makes Martin question his own worth as an entertainer who only has local fame. When I tell you all, This is my absolute favorite episode of Martin. I don't think I've ever seen Tommy Davidson be so funny. So for those of you who do not know who Tommy Davidson is, he is like a comedian and an actor who kind of rose to fame because of the show In Living Color. He's acted in a bunch of stuff. And if you are around the same age as me, you might also know him as the voice of Oscar Proud from Proud Family. I've heard a lot of stories about him like behind the scenes, about him being like very mean to other comedians and people. I can't verify any of that stuff. But when it comes to this particular episode, this is the funniest episode of Martin. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So Anyways, at the beginning of this episode, we see that Gina and Pam both get promotions at work. Gina gets promoted to assistant director and Pam gets promoted to Gina's old position, which we never hear what that was. But Pam, Tommy and Cole just walk up in their house. Sitcoms just are not real. And I understand it's a waste of time to have people knock on the door. (laughs) But you just leaving your apartment door unlocked for your friend. But this is like the problem with TV magic. Like, don't leave your door open for just anybody to walk in. OK, like they just walk up in the house. No cooth, no knocking, no nothing. OK, so of course, Pam and Martin get into it. Look, as I go throughout this review, it's I'm really going to skip over the parts of where Martin and Pam are getting into Disagreements with each other because I find that even now, a lot of the stuff they say about each other is pretty distasteful. Usually, Martin starts with Pam, is what I'll say, but a lot of the stuff is just very annoying to me and is probably in bad taste and probably wouldn't be accepted today. The jokes that Pam says to Martin are really like short jokes, those types of things, but the jokes that Martin says about Pam are come across as really insensitive and calling her things like animals and talking about how unkempt her hair is. And for whatever reason, it comes across way more harsh than what I remember. So I'm going to skip all over all those parts, unless they are integral to the story. And so of course, Martin says something snide to Pam and Pam comes back and says, you're just mad because You've been in the same career for two years and you have no upward mobility. And we're out here getting promotions and you are staying where you are. So Martin gets sensitive about it. And Gina reassures him and she's like, you're exactly where Varnell Hill was two years ago. You're right where you need to be. And so we find out that Varnell Hill was a DJ at WZUP, which is the radio station that Martin is a DJ for now. And Varnell Hill has blown up. Right. They say he's larger than Arsenio. He had a meteoric rise. And Martin thinks that Varnell is a sellout who isn't even funny, he's corny to him. And so Gina reminds everyone that, you know, y'all are talking about him not having career advancement. Tomorrow, he's gonna be opening the community center. You know, he's out here doing big things. He's being visible. He's doing great things for the community. And so I guess it's the next day we see the community center opening and the speech gets given to Varnell Hill who just happens to be in town, right? And so Miss Jerry pops up again. She's like an older black lady who Martin gets into it from time to time and she's upset and she's like, I'm finna like I'm finna turn this place out if Varnell Hill doesn't get on this stage right now. Because there's a major turnout because people hear that Varnell's going to be dedicating the community center. Right. And so Martin. It's like, no, this is my job. This is what I was called to do. And Varnell just walks in and kind of steals Martin th- Martin's thunder. And so Martin literally gets pushed to the back of the stage. And Varnell starts singing a song. Y'all, I freaking love hearing him sing in these episodes. It is so funny. <laughs> it is so funny in this particular song he starts off something about doing the cabbage patch right and then he gets to my favorite part of the song kiss the pretty ladies and then sign some autographs the varnell man can shaboing boing -boing. (laughs) (sighs) oh jesus (sighs) oh shaboing boing -boing, (laughs) y'all That is so funny. <laughs> Kiss the pretty ladies and then sign some monographs. The, the varnell man can shaboing moing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Let me get myself together. It's so funny. He gives this quick, fake, heartfelt speech. He plugs his merch and his TV shows and all that stuff. And he dedicates the community center. It's very unceremonious. It's not really genuine. And he's just there for publicity and to be seen as a, an altruistic individual. It's, it's obvious that he's not really being genuine about it. And so Stan, of course, thanks Varnell for coming. He says like, Hey, you remember Martin? We find out that Martin was an intern back when Varnell had the show at WZUP, and now Martin has the number one morning show in Detroit. So Stan invites him to be a part of the show. Martin's not into that, but uh, Varnell does this thing where he kind of talks down to Martin and kind of like smacks him in the face, like, Yeah, yeah, Bucko. Like, <laughs> Martin is not into that, and everybody like heads out of the community center to kind of follow Varnell, and Martin is you know, down on himself and is kind of talking to himself. And then a young girl comes up and asks him for his autograph. And he's like, oh, like, I love the kids. Like, yes, of course, of course, I will sign an autograph for you. And he's like, you know, because I love the kids. And she was like, I love you, too, Gary Coleman. (laughs) Looks nothing like Gary Coleman. But it's funny. And he realizes he, of course, is not as famous as he, he thinks he is. Varnell has made it. Varnell is coming across to me as like maybe a, I'm having a hard time thinking about like a radio DJ who has blown up, maybe Charlemagne, but like bigger. I'm thinking like more along the lines of like a Kevin Hart, like that type of meteoric rise um, is what they're kind of giving from the description of him. So in this next scene, we see that Gina burns Pam's neck with a hot comb. And this is the stuff that I'm talking about, like depictions of hot combs or whatever, like every little black girl who, perm or no perm, like when they were getting their hair straightened before hot irons were invented, used uh, hot combs and... The hot combs, like you had to get as close to the scalp as possible. And sometimes that meant a burn. And it's like, OK, this is a show on national television depicting an experience from my childhood, an experience that I knew very well. So it's like, it's, it's, again, this is one of the shows where I was able to see myself. It's part of the reason why I love it so much. But anyways, they talk about their promotions and they joke about why all the fine guys are gay. It's an interesting conversation. And then Martin comes in and he's moping or whatever. And Gina is like, "Mm, you know, he's down about what happened with Varnell and he doesn't want to hear any good news. And then everybody comes in with their good news. And one of the good news that comes out of it is that Cole gets five tickets to fly anywhere in the U.S., Cole obviously stole these tickets because they have to pretend to be other people (laughs) in order to use them. And they also have to use them within the next three weeks. And so the ladies are like, we just got promotions. We cannot be skipping out on our jobs or whatever. And they decide to pretend that they are sick so that they can use these tickets to go to Hawaii. But Martin is killing the mood, saying that they ought to be ashamed of themselves, blah, 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 whatever. He is really down on himself. But then the next day comes. Martin is doing his morning show, and this next scene is my favorite scene in all of Martin. He's doing the morning show, and Varnell is his guest, and Martin is salty, right? Varnell came in and stole his thunder at the community center. Varnell has this wonderful, successful life, and Martin has been stuck. Even his girl is getting promotions. Like, Martin wants to know what's the next step for himself, so he's bitter and salty, and sour of <laughs> almost all of the taste profiles, right? So, Martin is doing this interview, and we see that Varnell is writing stuff down as Martin is saying, like, catchphrases like, What's up? Like, Varnell's like, That is funny. And Martin's like, Are you writing down my stuff? And he's like, No, I'm just doodling. I'm just doodling. And that comes back later. In the next episode, but anyways, so on the morning show, we have some people who are calling in and a caller comes in and she starts doting over Varnell and Martin is just so sensitive and he chastises her for not saying hi to him because this is his show. And she's like, ah, whatever. Hey, Martin. So Varnell, like you're such a good person. I saw you dedicating that community center and y'all one of my favorite, probably my favorite moment in Martin history. Barnell is like yeah you know because i love the children and he just breaks into song and he says you can take the children bounce them on their knee bounce them on their knee and then sing a melody the varnell man Did you miss me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! Just broke into song for no reason. I don't know how much of this was scripted, how much of it was ad libbed, but him's breaking out into song for no reason—it's just freaking hilarious! Freaking hilarious! Martin is hating, okay? Martin starts interviewing Varnell and he starts getting jealous over the answers to the interview questions because Varnell's life just sounds so wonderful, right? So we find out that Varnell has a Mercedes limo, that he owns a lot of property. Apparently he owns half the county that he lives in. He has an indoor basketball court where Larry Bird came to play he has a 10 mile lake called Lake Varnell that has delicious catfish in it and then Martin cracks <laughs> Martin is supposed to be keeping a straight face he's supposed to still be in character or whatever but when he hears Varnell say catfish are delicious <laughs> he cracks and he has to stop and so Varnell who again is played by Tommy Davison keeps going and Varnell says, like, I cast my reel and he catches a catfish and he's like, I fried, it, it, lay laid it to the side, red beans and gravy. I ain't too lazy. And Martin's face the whole time is like he's on the brink of laughing. And that's why I love this show, because this was probably done in a single take. I don't know that for sure. But Martin left it in like instead of like doing an additional take where he's keeping a straight face what it feels like is that he allowed tommy davidson to riff and they kept it in the show and martin was just getting ready to bust out laughing and had to stop himself and seeing that sheer joy on his face like of trying to hold back is just so awesome because that comes across as like real right like it's not them throwing together these pieces of a show to make it seem like it's something that it's not like you see him reacting in real time. And it's, it's super funny. And I totally get why he cracked. I don't think Martin was really expecting this man to say all of that stuff. And so Martin goes to commercial break and he gets like so upset and passionate. He's like, I want to know how I can get to the lake, how I can get a 10 mile lake and own half the county and all this stuff. Like, tell me your secret, right? Right. And Varnell says like, you got to get an act and you got to work it and you got to go work on the road and you got to have faith. And Martin's like, okay, who's faith? (laughs) He doesn't really want to take any of Varnell's advice because that advice means that he has to continue working and grinding the way he is when he really wants to be and have the success that Varnell has. And Martin gets so upset that he assaults Varnell and then gets accosted by Varnell's bodyguards, right? So at the end of the morning show, Martin actually apologizes to him and says, you know, I've been here a couple of years and I just feel stuck. And Varnell says, you know, I did a three minute set on The Tonight Show and it was nerve wracking and, you know, I was super nervous. But after that happened, my career took off and Martin was like, well, you were on my show. Can I come on your show? And Varnell says you know the show's in Hollywood you in Hollywood and he's like no I I, you know I've never been to Hollywood and he's like oh well if you were in Hollywood you could come out to the show but you know it's just unfortunate but if you're ever in town like hit me up you can be on my show and so (laughs) Stan comes in again Stan is Martin's boss and he brings out this I think it's an orange g-string and he's like this new promotional deal you're gonna be the WZUP stripper at the Black Expo and Martin says you're not going to pick me out anymore. I quit. Okay. And I don't blame Martin for quitting. Okay. So the rest of the crew is excited to go to Hawaii, but Martin comes into the apartment and he's like, we're not going to Hawaii. We're going to Hollywood so I can be on the Barnell Hill show. And it's like, mm, okay. So we're going to mess up everybody else's plans for your career. Okay. The show is named Martin. So I guess we'll do it. I don't know if I could pull that with my friends. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull that with my friends, y'all. If my friends will be like, okay, we're not gonna go to Hawaii so we can go to Hollywood for your career. This trip suddenly became about you when you didn't even really wanna go anywhere when the idea was brought up, okay, whatever. So that was the end of that episode. And of course, the next episode is part two of this show. Now, this first episode that I just talked about it's actually my favorite and has like the pieces and parts that I enjoy the most about this two episode series. But the second half also has some really great parts in it. So this first one is just to me, it has like the most quotables. The breaking out into singing is so freaking funny. sha boy. Like, Am I the only person who finds that freaking hilarious? It's freaking hilarious. It's so funny, okay? Tommy Davidson did a a fantastic job. He got Martin to break. How is that possible? It's It's just great, right? I freaking love that episode. My absolute favorite. So let's go ahead and get into part two. We see that the crew has made it to Hollywood. They stop at a place called Spike's Joint, which I'm assuming Spike Lee had a very expensive clothing store called Spike's Joint. Didn't realize that was a thing. And I don't feel like looking it up. Probably doesn't exist anymore. But they talked about how expensive this stuff was in there. And it's like, oh, Spike Lee did clothes. I don't know. We're gonna go past that, anyways. Pam is under the impression that she saw Denzel and the guy gets away in his limbo, so she steals a car to go chase him. Right? So, this is a, a good time for me to put a little plug in here, you all. I actually am related to Denzel Washington, so my great, 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 great great something grandfather and his great, 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 great something grandfather were brothers. So we are actually distant cousins, probably two or three times removed and, and all that noise. But yes, I am related to Denzel Washington. No, I have never met him. But if I do, I have a talking point, right? Like, hey, cousin, we're related. And I should probably know how. <laughs> should probably figure out which grandpa were related. So yeah, anyways, Pam basically is chasing after this man for the whole episode and we don't see what happens with that until the end. So we'll get back to that when it comes. So we see that they are at the studio where the Varnell Hill show is being filmed. And Gino warns him that like mm, Varnell hasn't returned any of your calls. And it's like, this is not bad form for you to just pop up and expect for him to get on your show. There's probably a process for this. And Martin is just like, you know, forget what you're talking about. Okay, I'm going to be on this show. And, you know, he promised me something and I'm going to get it right. Right. So Tommy and Martin head to the green room while Gina and Cole head into the audience. And in the green room, we see that there are lots of celebrity lookalikes. We see a fake Whoopi Goldberg and a Madonna and a Burt Reynolds and a Michael Jackson who keeps popping up and like getting into like little scuffles with Martin. We see like an Elizabeth Taylor. I'm, I believe that person was supposed to be Elizabeth Taylor. so. We see Tommy stays behind in the green room to flirt with a lady and Martin warns him to check to see if this lady has an Adam's apple. There's some type of talk about people in Los Angeles. Martin was basically saying that this is Los Angeles and you never know. And it's like, "Mm, this is one of those moments that might not be appropriate. (laughs) Might not be appropriate in 2023, okay? He was basically telling... Tommy to check if the person that he was feeling was a biological male, and it might have flown back in the 90s, but that type of talk I don't know if it will fly today I'd be very interested to see so it's one of those jokes that like has not aged very well but anyways Martin goes off to find Varnell and he reaches Varnell's dressing room and he comes out and you see all of these hands like kind of grabbing him like he's having a little adult fun with a few different ladies and Varnell hardly remembers this man, like it's been about three weeks because that's the amount of time that they had to use those plane tickets so it's only been a matter of a couple of weeks really and varnell was like oh you're a Martin right mm, yeah okay all right <laughs> so varnell said like go in the audience and I'll hook it up I'll make sure you get on the show and then all of the the four white ladies come out of that dressing room and they're they're you know talking about how much they miss him and how they want to get their turn and Martin Martin makes fun of Varnell for only having white ladies in the room, (laughs) which I think is very interesting. I actually enjoyed that joke. And Martin, for whatever reason, still thinks he's going to be on TV. Okay, he's very naive and he can't tell that Varnell is winding him up. Even though it's pretty obvious at this point. So Martin comes into the audience and Gina gets suspicious about why he's not backstage in makeup. And Martin is like, no, Varnell will come get me. Like, this is where he wants me, right? So we hear that Jodeci is going to be the musical guest. And we have Varnell come out and he does like his little opening statements. (laughs) I feel like there's supposed to be a name for that. I'm sure there's a name for that. But like when a talk show host comes out and like they first greet the audience, they'll do like a little bit at the beginning. And so that's what Varnell is doing. And during this little bit at the beginning of the show, we see him say, what's up? Which is a tagline he obviously stole from Martin. So Martin, Martin got his like calling card stolen. And Gina and Cole... Are like, oh no, he stole that. he literally stole that from you. He was on your show. he was writing stuff down. He stole that from you. Martin, because he is so excited to be on this show and to get what he feels like is gonna be his big break, really glazes over that. Like this man is blinded by this potential opportunity, right? which is shocking, actually he basically writes it off and says like, oh, he's doing that call to me. That was for me, especially. Martin is doing this thing where he laughs maniacally at Varnell's jokes, even though they're kind of corny. He's really trying to curry favor from Varnell. And so Varnell goes into the audience to introduce a special guest. And Martin, of course, thinks that it's him, but it's actually rerun from the show, What's Happening? And Martin starts interrupting the show and inserting himself in a way that's like, obviously inappropriate not welcome and they just aren't feeling it and they have to get security to come like get martin back in line so there's 10 minutes left in the tv show and gina and cole really like try to pound it into martin's head like hey it's not gonna happen Mm, you're not gonna get your big break and martin is just becoming more and more delusional a little bit and so jodeci performs their cover of Stevie Wonder's Lately. Lately I have had the strangest feeling. Beautiful song about a man who believes his woman is cheating on him. Probably the most beautiful song (laughs) I've heard about a man who believes his woman is cheating on him. But they do a cover of that song. It's a pretty popular cover. And Martin interrupts their performance by coming out in a tank top with a microphone from backstage and start singing poorly with and over them. Now, I saw an interview that had Casey and JoJo, who are, of course, the two lead singers in Jodeci, saying that they were not aware that Martin was going to interrupt their performance. They thought that they were doing a performance inside a show and on the Varnell Hill show, which was going to be on Martin, but they didn't know Martin was going to come out and act a fool. So when you see them reacting in those moments, this is like their genuine reactions, like they had no idea what was going on per Casey and JoJo. So this is like another one of those instances where it comes across as more real, right? Like Martin's laughing at Varnell Hill jokes or trying not to laugh at Varnell Hill's joke. We see Jodacy trying not to beat the crap out of Martin and being shocked and surprised that he's there while they're performing and having to continue the performance. Like while Martin is acting a freaking Fool, Casey, JoJo, Devonte, Dalvin, just just doing crazy stuff, crazy ad libs, all over them, right? <laughs> then he does this, ooh yeah, face off with Casey, where they're just going, ooh yeah, back and forth. <laughs> and so Martin thinks the song is over, and then they start. <laughs> the song starts back up. Again, and Martinus starts narrating the song, just Orange Juice Jones in it. Okay, And uh, finally, the performance gets over with. They cut for commercial and Varnell is pissed. Tommy Davidson, in this particular scene, he had always been pretty charming and very nice in this kind of fake way there's a thing there's like this phenomenon here i live in the pacific northwest there's a phenomenon here called the seattle chill where people are like friendly but they're not warm So if someone in Seattle tells you, oh, let's get coffee sometime, they're just really being nice. They don't actually mean (laughs) like, let's get coffee. They're just saying it like in this kind of conversational way. Whereas I grew up in the South. So if somebody's like, oh, you should come over for crawfish. You can trust that they're at some point going to invite you over for crawfish, right? Up here, it's not (laughs) the same. And so basically, old boy was like Seattle chilling martin and his demeanor went from like friendly trying to preserve your feelings seattle chill to like straight up direct mad he's like literally yelling and so upset at martin and he's like rerun how many times have i invited you to my house and reruns like thousands and he's like how many times have you been to my house and reruns like none and Varnell's like, what would happen if you tried to come to my house? And Rerun said, I would probably get sprayed, <laughs> meaning he would be shot. And he gets a lesson in Hollywood talk, which is what Varnell calls it. We're going to talk. We're just going to chat. We're going to say things and we don't mean them. And you're basically Foolish for even thinking that I could really mean for you to come to Hollywood and get on my show. Like, why are you so naive, right? And so Martin kind of realizes he was played and then Cole and Gina stand up. And Gina, because she is the conscience of this show, Gina says you need to give my man his three minutes because we're from Detroit and where we from we don't do Hollywood talk you told him he would get his three minutes give him his three minutes and so the crowd goes crazy and they're like three minutes three minutes three minutes and then Varnell because he's fake changes his tune and he's like oh y'all thought I wasn't gonna give him his three minutes we'll give him his three minutes whatever so the show comes back on He introduces Martin without saying his name. And unfortunately, the show ends and they cut without realizing. And Martin is talking as if he's like, oh, you know, I was over on La Brea and X, Y, and Z. And they're like, "Okay, the show is over. The show is over. You don't get your three minutes. Basically, you got played. Varnell is like yelling at this man like crazy, super mean again, like that fun Seattle chill energy <laughs> that he was giving earlier is totally gone he's yelling and it's really at the point where it's like super disrespectful and Martin can't take it anymore and he attacks him like literally attacks him he accuses him of discriminating he's like why is everybody who works here why don't you have some more diversity <laughs> with your like the people I guess the production who works on this show and he gets escorted out by security and we see him on a pay phone calling Stan and he's like, mm, Hollywood isn't what I thought it would be. Um, I want to come home. And it sounds like Stan is OK with him coming home. And then the Michael Jackson impersonator that he's been getting into it with this whole time comes and finds him and they have a fight. <laughs> so Martin gets beat up by who I think we're supposed to believe is Michael Jackson. That's the thing. The green room scene always kind of threw me off a little bit because I could never figure out if these were supposed to be real celebrities or if these were supposed to be celebrity impersonators. But I think they're supposed to be the real ones. I don't know. I don't freaking know. But anyways, at the end of the episode, we see what's going on with Pam. She stole that man's car and she followed the limo to this really nice house. She stops the limo from leaving the driveway and... The person who's in the limo rolls down the window and he's obviously not Denzel he's supposed to be some African man and Pam sees how rich he is so when he invites her to go to lunch with him she's like yeah and he's like oh you know your beady beads remind me so much of home can I call you beady bead or whatever and again with the (laughs) insults I just can't, it's like Martin is there insulting her even when he's not there. So that's not fair. <laughs> but anyways, I freaking love that pair of episodes because we get the guest appearance from Tommy Davidson, who is a very good comedian, despite the kind of poor reputation I've heard that he has in the comedic world. We get to see see. And their real reactions to their performance being interrupted. We get to see Martin break character. We get to see a lot of interaction between the five friends or five main friends of the show. I just freaking love. (laughs) I freaking love this episode. It's the absolute best. Like, it's my favorite. So the... Last memorable episode that we are going to talk about today is another one of my favorites. It's from season four, episode 12, entitled Heading for Trouble. In this episode, Martin and Gina, who are now a married couple, have a sex related accident and the hilarity ensues, okay? So we start the episode with Roscoe. Roscoe is one of the characters that Martin plays himself. He is a snot nosed child. And I didn't realize this until I watched this episode, but Roscoe. Actually, lived in Gina's building. So, this show is not very traditional, but it is traditional in the sense that I'm thinking maybe Martin and Gina didn't live together until they got married. Is that right? No, I don't think that's right because at some point I think Gina might have moved in with Martin and Pam took Gina's apartment. Why is Pam always taking Gina's leftovers? That's strange. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, Roscoe lived in Gina's apartment building and at some point we find out that he goes to live with his dad who lives in Martin's building so he comes over and And he says, hey, I see that there's a new bed being delivered here. Can I have your old bed? And she's like, for what? And he's like, I want to play a game called gynecologist. So not only is he a snot nosed disgusting pervert, he also insults her for not having makeup on at this early hour. Again, yet another joke that probably wouldn't play super well today. (laughs) But she finally slams the door in his face. And we find out that Martin and Gina are ordering a new bed a new marital bed called the Nefertiti 2000. It's a bed that's made of solid brass and is virtually indestructible. And so they are newlyweds. So they decide to get the extended warranty. And we find out that Gina has a presentation at work. It's very high stakes. She has to get a client, whatever. But Martin is feeling frisky. And so (laughs) we see that the mattress that they're getting rid of is super old. It's from Martin's mom's childhood. Y'all, mattresses are things that need to be replaced. I believe it's eight to 10 years. Don't have mattresses for super long. It's kind of gross, y'all. Like Think of everything that you do in bed and think of all of it staying in that bed (laughs) for years. All of the dead skin and bodily fluids. Yeah, make sure you're replacing your mattresses on time. Okay. And that includes your pillows. I need a new pillow. I will admit that I need to buy a new pillow. I'm going to put that on my to do list. Make sure that your pillows and sheets and stuff are getting changed as well too. pretty gross. But anyways, So Martin ends up throwing the delivery folks out of the apartment, which is something that Martin does a lot. He throws a lot of people out of his apartment, mostly his friends, but he's kind of famous for that. But he throws out the delivery folks. And so him and Gina decide to get busy or whatever, and her head ends up getting stuck in the brass headboard. Martin calls 911, but they just kind of laugh at them and Gina... I feel like she does not get enough credit for being very good at physical comedy. She is walking through this apartment, destroying stuff with this large headboard on her head or like around her neck. And she's doing a great job with the physical comedy, bumping into stuff, the way she's walking and moving. She's actually like, I don't know why I never noticed this before. Martin was known for his physical comedy as well, like being great at moving his body or dancing or falling or doing, you know all those types of things. Gina does a fantastic job in this with her physical comedy as well. So let me give her her flowers, all right? So Martin, while Gina's on the phone calling to say she'll be late to work, he starts measuring the headboard and her head. Oh, that was funny. When he measures the circumference of her head, his face is like, dang, she got a big old head. (laughs) Y'all, there are certain things in shows I don't want to say in shows because I feel like Martin is the only one that really comes to mind where they make up things to be wrong with people. And we just have to believe them because they become a running joke. They talk about how big Gina's head is. I don't think that Tisha Campbell has a big head, but the jokes are just so funny. Like that's the thing that sticks with her. Or how Martin will say that Pam's kitchen or like her beady beads are like beating up in the back. And it's like, we have no evidence that that was ever the case in this show. We just kind of have to take their word for it. But anyways, because Gina's head is so big, she's stuck in this headboard. And she basically has to get dressed and put on makeup with the headboard around her because she has to go to work today. Like, I can't miss this employee and she can't miss this important meeting with this client. She has to get this client. It's going to help her career. It's going to help the company. Right? So Pam and Tommy show up because Martin called them. And Pam of course has a camcorder because she thinks that this is hilarious. And she's like, I'm going to submit this to America's funniest home videos, right? Like this is hilarious. Martin takes credit for how it happened and he's like, you know, I'd be stroking and this is how we got into this situation. <laughs> and so Pam and Tommy actually come in and actually like start coming up with solutions. Right. Pam says, I'm gonna call the company, see if they can send somebody out. Right. Tommy is like, oh, maybe you and I are strong enough to pull the bars apart, like to create some room for her to get her head out. And Gina is getting yanked from left to right. And she's just getting irritated and she's over it. Okay. And so Pam is like, okay, the company is going to send somebody over at noon. And Gina's like, cool, my meeting's at one. That's going to give me enough time, right? Unfortunately, Pam also says that the client meeting got pushed up to 10 a.m. because the client has to like catch a flight or something. So Gina is like, y'all, I only have 30 minutes. Now let's talk about this. Gina says she has 30 minutes. So that means it's 930 and the client meeting is at 10. How close is this job that she's able to come up with this halfway solution and get to work in time for this presentation? I don't, this is TV magic right here. She has 30 minutes, right? And in that 30 minutes, (laughs) we have this that comes next, right? So Basically, they only have one choice. Tommy pulls out a blowtorch. He says like, this is the stuff I use for work. And of course, Martin is like, you don't have a job. (laughs) Tommy not having a job is so funny. Or them believing that he does not have a job is hilarious. What's also funny is Tommy continually bringing up the fact that he has a job. (laughs) I don't know anybody like this. I know people who are perpetually jobless, but I do not know of people who don't have jobs who always say that they do have jobs but that is so funny that is hilarious that's Tommy's kind of tagline or whatever but Tommy is able to get off like 80% of the headboard with this blowtorch he didn't want to get real close to her because he thought he was going to burn her and so during this time they tell her that this headboard looks like designer jewelry and they're bigging her head up and she's posing like she's on the cover of Vogue. And then Martin confesses that they're lying to her and that she looks horrible. And they're like, maybe we can disguise it. And we get to the point where she has to go into this presentation or she's going to lose the client for her company. And Pam is in the boardroom and she's like trying to buy Gina some time. And she's, you know, it's not working. The client's getting really irritated and, you know, <laughs> Gina comes in and her solution is to wear a huge scarf as well as huge hair, (laughs) which is like scaffolded on on top of the headboard. Pam is freaking out because (laughs) she didn't expect Gina to look like this and Gina's boss is like, girl, this is a meeting going on in here. Who are you and what do you want? And Gina's like, it's me. It's me, Gina. And he's like, what the heck? What the heck is going on? And Gina's like, I know I can do this, okay? I know I can do this, and Gina gets ready to do her presentation and the client is like, I don't know what kind of clown show you're running up in here. And Gina's like, oh, I heard you, sir. This is a presentation and not a clown show. And does anyone ever tell you you look like Billy D. Williams in Mahogany? And the client is like, okay, all right. Flattery will get you everywhere. Go ahead with your presentation, girl. And so Gina proceeds to do this presentation with the little cards. So prior To PowerPoint presentations and computers and technology and those types of technological visual aids, people had to actually get their slides printed and put on like cards. (laughs) to put on easels for presentations. And so we see that Gina is running through her cards and is basically saying your sales will double if you switch from TV to radio advertising. So apparently she is a consultant. It's kind of how it's coming across, right? Some type of research consultant. And (laughs) the client is like, oh, I need to see that last slide again or that last graph again and she bends down to pick up that second graph on the card and her wig falls off (laughs) and part of the blanket falls off and her whole disguise kind of falls apart and Gina thinks that she has lost her job right and the boss kind of apologizes And the client is like, what are you saying? I can't believe this lady had a headboard around her head and still came into work and gave an amazing presentation. Like, this is the type of person I would love to work with, right? The client likes it. And also he recognizes the headboard because he and his wife also got stuck in the Nefertiti 2000 a couple years ago. He's like, I love the type of gumption that you have and I am your client. Like you all have the account. Right. And so Gina is like, oh, my gosh, how did you get this off of your wife? Okay, and he's like, get it off. (laughs) He jokes with her a little bit and he's like, Okay, I'll give you the number to my welder. Who the heck has a welder? Okay, I understand this client is probably wealthy and has access to stuff, but who has like their own personal welder? That's freaking crazy, right? So anyways, they get it off of her head and the extended warranty comes in handy they're able to get the delivery people to come back out to reinstall the bed to make sure that it's double reinforced or whatever and then Martin of course wants to get frisky again and in order to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore he gets her football helmet and so they go into the room to get busy and that's the end of the episode and then something happened that I actually did not remember they played some bloopers at the end you Do any of you all miss bloopers at the end of TV shows or at the end of movies? I love blooper reels. They're so fun and we don't do that anymore. People mess up and it's funny. I want to know about it, okay? So (laughs) y'all, that episode is so funny. It's one of the ones that really sticks out in my mind because of how ridiculous and crazy it is. It also focuses on Gina and who she is in her career and the type of person that she is when it comes to that. It also like highlights her determination and even though it's a silly situation that Martin got her into she's kind of able to get herself out of it. And so I just really like that they highlighted Gina in this particular episode and we get to see her in a different light outside of basically being Martin's babysitter Uh, (laughs) because that's literally like who she is the whole show. So now it's time to get into my final thoughts. Like, is Martin worth a rewatch and does it hold up today? And in my humble opinion, the answer to both is mostly yes. It is a show from the early 90s. So some of the references you may not get, And some of the jokes may not be appropriate in 2023, particularly the ones that he makes about Pam. Those might be considered a little insensitive today, but I think that if you have some time and if you want to put on a colorful show and reminisce about what it meant to be an adult in the 90s, you should definitely rewatch this show and see some of the characters that we love. Like give it a watch, give it a rewatch if you have the time. I think it will definitely be worth it if you can look past some of the mm, not. So tasteful jokes. <laughs> so in the show, Martin is funny, right? But I find his character in this show, Martin Payne, to be very ridiculous and annoying, especially in the earlier episodes of the show. And since I've gotten older, I just realized how annoying he is. Like, it's similar to kind of like The Office. I love The Office. I've watched it multiple times. I've probably seen it maybe every episode 25 times, except for a couple ones that I always skip, including Scott's Tots. Y'all, I cannot rewatch that episode. That breaks my heart. (laughs) I cannot rewatch Scott's Tots from The Office, y'all. I can't. I cannot. But later on, I was talking to somebody about The Office and they were saying, I can't really watch that. I feel like Michael Scott is like the worst. And after they said that, I started viewing him like in a little bit of a different light. And that's kind of how I feel about Martin. It's like Martin being funny and obnoxious when I was a child was like this exaggeration of a human or whatever. And now it's kind of been elevated to the point of almost buffoonery, <laughs> which is. He's crazy. I found him to be like really selfish and like he wasn't a good friend and he wasn't necessarily a good boyfriend. But I mean, it doesn't mean that the show is any less iconic than it is. And I also believe that his character kind of evolved and grew up as time went on. He was still silly or whatever, but I feel like he became what feels like a, a better person while still maintaining like the funny parts of him later on. So yeah, this show is definitely iconic. And this show, along with other Black shows, including Living Single, turned the Fox network into what it is today. There are a lot of think pieces and articles about how the Fox network was basically built off of creating and eventually canning Black-led shows that uh, painted stereotypical or very hip hop centric depictions of Black characters. I even found an article from the Baltimore Sun from 1993 that talked about this, which was only like a year after Martin came out. So we love these shows, right? Living Single and Martin, and they become a part of the Black zeitgeist. But there's something to be said about this long lasting network that started off with like these super Black shows eventually going mainstream. Like that's, it doesn't always feel good, but like, what are you going to do about it? It's one of those things like... (laughs) In The Office, there's an episode after Michael Scott leaves where Dwight opens a gym and gets Daryl's character to come and try it out. And Daryl was saying, how do you get white people to do things? You get black people to do it first to show them that it's cool. (laughs) And that's basically what Fox Network did. Like, You bring in the folks, you bring in the black folks first, and then you transition away from that. So that is definitely something that plays in the background here, right? But literally, like, what are you going to do about it? It doesn't necessarily feel good, but knowing that we got Living Single and Martin out of it, which launched a lot of people's careers, is at least like a little bit of a sunny side to like a crappy situation, One of the other things that I really love about this show is that it features a lot of guest appearances from other amazing and iconic entertainers like rerun, Beverly Johnson, Burt Reynolds, Brian McKnight, Kid from Kid and Play, and a lot more people. When... I was watching Martin, I got to see people who look like me and who talk like me and enjoyed the types of things that I enjoy doing or listening to. Like, this is one of the sitcoms that made me feel like I'm watching people I know. Not just because I grew up watching these people or watching these characters, but because their characters reminded me of my family and my friends and of myself. And this show depicts like a co ed friendship that has a few relationships sprinkled in. And as an adult now, I really identify with that, especially like my post college life. So something about Martin to me just kind of feels like home. It's just, it's just great. Okay. And that's why I love it. I do not love it more than Fresh Prince, but I do love it nonetheless. Okay. Towards the end of the show, though in the final season or two, Tisha Campbell Martin, who played Gina, accused Martin of sexual harassment. And Carl Anthony Payne II says that his relationship with Martin declined as well. So things were not very good for a number of the cast members by the time the show ended. But I don't let that taint how I view the show and what it means to me. So I hope they resolved all that stuff. I don't really know what kind of happened or where they stand today, but it was so long ago. I hope that they've gotten over it. So let's talk about the reviews, okay? Rotten Tomatoes is a little weird when it comes to shows. They're very good at the movie reviews, but when it comes to shows, they rate seasons, like season by season, as opposed to rating the whole show as a single entity. So for Martin, season one has an audience score of 80%. Season two has an audience score of 100%. Seasons three and four are not rated at all. And season five has a score of 67%. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with those scores. I find it very weird. I guess if you want television show reviews, you got to go somewhere else. All right. Anyways, I didn't rewatch the entire series, but I feel like those ratings are actually very positive, a little bit more positive than I was expecting, particularly for season two to have a 100% rating. And they're probably in line with what I know or believe about the show. So maybe Rotten Tomatoes kind of got it right on this one, whatever. So that's it for today, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to my review of Martin. In the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing Disney Pixar's Monsters, Inc. with a special guest. See you next time. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Submedia Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Submedia Reviews and on submediareviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices.